Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you mindful mamas, and happy Sunday. How is it March already? Which is just even crazier that March is the month where my daughter turns one year old. At what point do you stop feeling like, holy shit, I'm a mom? Does does that that sense of wonder and disbelief ever go away? Or is she going to be 18 and I'm still going to... Because I still feel like my 16-year-old self. Do you still sometimes feel like you're a teenager and this reality that you're in is a dream. Sometimes I still, (laughs) I still feel this way. And I also don't know if you feel this way, but Mercury retrograde has really kicked my ass lately. And I recently did a podcast interview a few days ago where we were talking about how Mercury retrograde gets a really bad reputation and we kind of use it as the excuse for everything. And While I do think that's true, I also think that it does have the tendency to make everything slow down and feel really wonky. So if you've been feeling it too, please let me know what you do to kind of counterbalance it because I have been just wiped out. But today's podcast should really help perk you up because I don't think I've laughed this much on a podcast episode in a while and you are going to absolutely love my guest. Her name is Lolo Martinez and she has a podcast called The Ego Mio Experience. So please go check it out. I will link to it in the description. Guided by her ancestors, Lolo is a Latinx podcaster that aims to heal generational trauma and raise the vibe. With her crystal healing, divinations, and her podcast Ego Mio, Lolo provides the tools needed for you to create a stronger relationship with your higher self and heal. Lolo and I are talking about her journey into spirituality and creating this podcast. She was very spiritual as a child, but got scared and ran away. And it wasn't until she hit rock bottom where she really started to meditate and tune back into her highest self. We also discuss religion, Catholicism, and what it really looks like to step outside of that construct of what we've all been conditioned to believe with these typical religions. Lolo also shares with me what it's like to get these downloads from her ancestors and what it truly means to be guided by them and how we can start to heal these generational traumas and our own anxieties and inner shadows. So here's Lolo. So tell me about when you started to get that call that you needed to step into your highest self. You were leaning towards a spiritual awakening. What did that start to look like in your life? Well, to be honest with you, it started a long time ago when I was a kid, but I was so scared of it. I felt like I was going nuts. I, I, you know, it just, it felt I I felt safe, but I still felt weirded out, you know, because I felt like I was um, hearing things and I just was more intuitive. 
So I think because I got so scared, my sisters were like, all right, we need to take a break from her. We need to give her <laughs> her space. She needs to grow up and get ready for this. She's not ready. And it wasn't until I lived on my own and was in my own thoughts and trying to get my own routine going. I felt really down. I felt really depressed. I felt just, I felt so alone. And then that's when I kind of started, like I had to reach my uh, rock bottom first Mm -hmm. and just kind of go up from there. And that's when I started uh, meditating more and I felt like, okay, this feels really good. This is, this is all right. And so I like um, would use uh, podcasts or guided meditations. And then I eventually was able to do it on my own and really more when I had to hit rock bottom and really just feel the darkness where I was like, okay, what can I do to transmute this into light, you know? Mm-hmm. And what did that, what was that pull like? Because I know that a lot of it now, as you can reflect back on it, was healing generational trauma. But what was the beginning of that pull like? It was me tired of my own BS. I'm going to be honest with you. It was me just ready to face the truth. And I knew that there was, you know, like traumatic things going on in my family, but no one ever talks about it. They're so Mm. taboo. And I just felt so almost, I felt almost angry. Like I'm, I'm done. Why are we doing this to each other? Why is this okay? Why do we let this happen? It was that, just that anger, that motivation to want to change things. Mm-hmm. And at least in my standpoint, I mean, I know I don't have control over everything, but really just shed light on truth. That's what kind of got me going into it. Mm, yeah. I think the questioning is what always starts it. You know, the, why are we doing it this way? <laughs> mm-hmm, like there's so many more ways with love that we can live and we're just, we're hurting each other. Like, that's not okay. It's, it's not okay. So at, how old were you when that started to happen, that questioning started to happen? Oh, for sure. That was around 22. Okay. So then you're continuing to tap in, right? Did you, what happened as you made that journey between that point in your life into motherhood and starting a whole new generation? Yeah. So that's, well, it's kind of complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it always? (laughs) That road was not smooth at all. Um, Gosh, I, it was nice to be able to be on my own. And, you know, like I said, practicing that routine. So when I started tuning into my spirituality and awareness, uh, you know, doing yoga and doing things that face you towards your truth and that uh, lets you kind of read your body and really pay attention to the differences in it and pay attention to different energies when people come in and out of your life. Um, so still practice. I'm glad that I had that time to practice that before motherhood. I'm really, really grateful. So then when I had her, it I'll have to tell you about that story. That was a whole, that's a whole story. But by the time that I had her, I was very much traumatized. And, um, and then I had postpartum depression. And so I was able to use those tools that I learned into that to help me into that time. Yeah, I, I 
completely relate to, even though you didn't allude to a lot of it, like a whole <laughs> motherhood is a whole other thing. So what did that spiritual, I mean, I, I think a lot of us can agree that even if we're spiritual beforehand, like motherhood blows it out of the water, right? Like there's a, yeah. like it obliterates everything. So what was that like? I mean, like, like you said, you, you knew you had the tools, but we kind of forget for a little bit because we're this completely different version of us, kind of like a little deer, a little deer that was just born and stumbling around for a little bit. So what was that period like when you were trying to figure out who this new person was, but also trying to get back to that spiritual path? Well, so it's funny how life just kind of knocks you off your feet, right? <laughs> so gracefully. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I, um, I didn't know that I was pregnant until five months in. So oh, wow. when the doctor told me, yeah, it was really, really scary. I honestly, I thought I had, uh, what do you call it? A UTI. <laughs> and I had this horrible cramps like the whole time she was just kicking inside of me like hey I'm in here like hello <laughs> so um that was really a lot to process in the next four months to prepare mm-hmm. I luckily uh was able to move back to my hometown and I was I'm around family now so I it was funny because I leading up to it, it's like my body knew like I didn't want to drink anymore for some reason and I knew to come home but just the whole time my body knew before me, like, Hey, you need to prepare for this baby. You need to get that going. So it was just, it's my body. It was crazy how my body knew what to do, but I still mentally was not there. And then they found something on her heart and I didn't like the way it happened is they did the test results and I wasn't able to find out if she was okay until the end of the month. And so just that whole month was terrible. I I didn't do anything spiritual. I didn't meditate. I didn't practice anything. I just sat there and was just so depressed. And I I just forgot, you know, I I completely forgot who I was in that dark time. Yeah. It was so scary. And then, so now after you became a mom and you're remembering who you are, you're remembering the tools, did your spiritual practice change at all? I think, I think it happened a little bit before that. Uh, when I found out that she was okay, that she was healthy, that's when I, it, I, I kind of got into like, okay, I need to start reading to her more. I need to start meditating. And then once she was here, I, again, like, okay, like I need to just keep going, keep the ball rolling. I don't think anything really changed per se. Um, other than maybe adding more realistic things. Cause you know, mm-hmm. when you're a new yeah. mom, you're so tired and you don't really want to do anything, but the things that, I mean, you know, do more than what you already have to, but the yeah. things that I would like that I would add is I used to dance, um, danza azteca. So like in Mexican, like Aztec dancing, you, mm-hmm. you're jumping up and down and it's a uh, drum beating. So I started dancing that with her and I just noticed that she kind of liked it. We were okay with us. I was like, okay, this is like a new type of practice that uh, my ancestors love to dance and it just shook off all the negative energy. And I think once I started doing that, I was able to create my own spiritual practices with her. Mm. like just a whole new cultural spiritual practice like because um I, I have to be honest with you I couldn't do yoga every day I did not have the no, mental... me either 
Oh my gosh, but yeah, that's, dancing is probably what helps the most, honestly. Yeah, isn't it so hard when you have this spiritual practice and you know all the things that like your highest self absolutely wants to do, but your life as a new mom just absolutely does not allow for any of that time? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I feel like that's also that's also a thing of self-care though. Like, you know, you're not ready to do that right now but you're willing to do something else and substitute you know mm-hmm. like just I'll do it later I'll yes. get to it when I am able to <laughs> yeah and just giving yourself that grace and knowing that that alternative is enough uh-huh yeah, yeah. That's my biggest problem because especially having this podcast, I don't know if you felt the same because I'm not sure when you started yours, but talking to all these women who have these rituals where they get up at 5 a.m. and they're meditating and working with crystals and doing something like, I can, like, I'm up at two in the morning. I can't do that. But knowing that I want to be that person or have that kind of at least dedication to that practice, but knowing that I'm not at that space in my life right now, I think that was one of the hardest things for me to overcome. Oh my gosh. It's, it's, I mean, I applaud those mothers. I am so, I don't know how you do it. That's so great. Good. I'm glad I know. somebody's out there doing that. I, um, I actually started a five minute kind of campaign with my podcast where I just set up a little unguided five minute session where you can just play it anytime. So I usually do it like right before I'm about to get into work. I just, Mm. it's the, anytime I'm sitting in the car and I'm doing nothing or I'm just on my phone, put in my headphones, do it for five minutes and just give me that little piece of clarity, that little just slice of heaven. Mm-hmm. I, that's when I can do it because realistically, I can't just sit for however long and, you know, uh, or just wait till my kid is asleep. Like it's, it's not realistic. So anytime where I can fit in the five minutes, because honestly, um, if you're able to sit for a long period of time, like that's amazing. That means you really hit the expert level in meditation. But Mm -hmm. if you're just kind of like starting off like five to 15 minutes, four times a day is still good enough. It's still showing that you're trying. It's still giving you almost the same type of healing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Tell me a little more about your podcast. Why did you feel called to start it? What's its mission and message and what are you sharing on it? Yes. So the Ego Mio podcast experience is a little bit of everything. I do have an emphasis in general or general, uh, oh my gosh, my tongue got cut, (laughs) generational (laughs) trauma and in general raising the vibration, right? Mm -hmm. So anything therapeutic, holistic, Journaling, poetry, dancing, painting, all forms of self-expression are really what I want to help people see that that's, those are ways of healing. Those are ways of transforming your life. And I started this podcast because I had a huge anxiety attack. Um, gosh, it's been about three years now since I had it, three, four years. And I was just in a situation where like, I didn't want to see the truth. And 
then when I got hit with the truth, like, okay, I'm with people who aren't, are not there for me, who aren't really good for me. I'm unsafe. I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing it. So I just had this huge anxiety attack over it. And I, um, when I finally came down and calmed down, I realized that a lot of people I know go through anxiety, go through these things that they feel that they have no, they don't know what's going on. So I wanted to create the Ego Meal podcast to help those people, to help anyone who feels like they're alone when really a lot of people are going through the same thing you are. And when I had my baby, I started a new segment about uh, spirituality and motherhood called Ego Mama. But obviously it's inclusive to everybody, but uh, I just was able to just, you know, connect everything. So it's a parenting to just healing on your own. Like I wanted to have this, create this whole entity on that. I just talked a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I I started my podcast because I needed people to talk to who would be willing to listen to it. <laughs> it oh yeah, done talking to myself, <laughs> so I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you created a whole community, and that's beautiful for people to feel comfortable and feel safe about talking about these things. You did that. So tell me about that you're doing something similar. How has this changed you being able to have this safe space and help others recognize, see now I can't talk, help others recognize <laughs> that they have their own self-healing tools as well? I think I like what you said about uh, just people going to their higher selves and connecting with who they are meant to be. And, and that's the end goal. When you heal traumas, when you heal, you know, anxieties, depressions, and you try to raise your vibration and be more in the positive, that's leading you towards your higher self. And I feel like that's just already the end goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, you and I just are called to create our own communities. You on the East Coast, me over here on the West. So it's just, we're just being able to create these whole entities that will help people. What advice would you give for someone? Because I know I'm sure we both attract these people who they know they have healing to do. They know they have trauma. They know they have anxiety, but they can't really pinpoint it. They feel overwhelmed in where to start to start healing. What is your advice of how to really break into that? break into that space to go inward so you can better connect to your highest self. Oh gosh, I am going to say it and it's going to make people upset because it's like, but meditate, just start meditating, start. And meditation can come in many forms. It can come in journaling. It could come in just practicing breath work and not, you don't have to just sit in silence. You can play uh, instrumentals or um, there's just, you need to not be scared to trust yourself and to be alone with yourself and just love yourself. That's where you should honestly start is just cut off all the excess. You can deal with that always later, but know that you should just create a bond of trusting yourself first that whatever happens next, you still have your back. You have your own back. Mm, Yeah. That self-love is such an important thing and it, and we kind of forget that it's the first step to everything. Yeah, exactly. 
It's very hard. It's a hard first step. (laughs) It is because we're conditioned in a lot of our trauma. We, we add this feeling of not being enough or not being worthy or not feeling loved. So accepting self-love, stepping into self-love takes a lot of layers to peel back. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot that we're probably not willing, you know, it's like you said earlier, that is, it's really hard to go inward and do that and to feel and to look at it and to really face it. But in order to heal, we have to. Yeah. And uh, they say about, you know, like, well, depression is you looking back and then anxiety is you looking forward. and. Mm. Finding the meditation, so meditation helps you bring your bring yourself into the present and just stay here. I've never heard that before. That is, yeah, that's really powerful. I don't know. Maybe my ancestors told me that. <laughs> <laughs> that just pops in my head right now to say that I felt the need to say that. No, that that makes complete sense, and I think when because there, I mean, a lot of the spiritual literature right now talks about we can't be looking at the past because then we're living as a past version of ourselves. But if we're focusing too much on one day, I will be, that's not living in the present moment. And then if you're not in the present moment, then you're not matching the vibration of what you're trying to attract. And it's this whole, so it makes complete sense. Yeah. People rob themselves of the present all the time. And it's, it's sad, but I really recommend just finding your version of meditating and keeping you here, keeping you grounded. Yeah. You really need to like get that practice going. (laughs) That's where you should start too. (laughs) So tell me how, now that you've been working with your ancestors, you've been focusing on healing the generations. How has that changed your relationship with your family? Well, I mean, some people think I'm weird, which is totally (laughs) fine. (laughs) I've always been uh, the outcast in my family, but I I feel honestly the it's made it easier to come closer to the people who do understand me, mm-hmm. you know. And so my mom and a couple of my aunts they kind of gravitate towards me because I mean, kind of in Mexican culture, anything they that's kind of off and too spiritual, they just stamp a bruja. Uh, label on it like (laughs) (laughs) and it's like okay maybe it is a type of brujeria but uh that's I guess it's just challenging anything against the church (laughs) so my mom she never really called me that she kind of just connected to me more like okay so would you want to do a divination on me would you want to read cards with me like okay like it just it opened people up because they understood that it's all about healing Mm-hmm. Healing, healing, healing. This is the basis of what I'm doing. And I I just feel like it just created a stronger bond with the people who actually understand me versus the people who just, you know, have their own views and they just don't want to understand at all. Have you seen a shift at all in Mexican culture in general, taking kind of stepping away from the really strict constructs of the church and into a space of mindfulness and spirituality, or is it still really deep rooted in the church? Oh gosh. Um, it's definitely, this generation is making huge changes and moves and just realizing that not necessarily 
gosh. So the history of Catholicism really, it's so, it's very, and I'm sorry to offend anyone, but it's the institution at least is very manipulative and one-sided and they took a lot actually of their lessons from Native Americans to kind Mm -hmm. of get them to see, oh yeah, there's similarities. There's, um, you know, in your spirituality and Catholicism, come join our team because we know better. And so it just, it was very like, an ah oh gosh, it's shifted in Mexican culture because people, our generation is knowing the truth. It's finding out the truth and figuring out, okay, this is not okay what they were doing. This is, or this doesn't really align with what they're saying. Cause you can go to church, but then they'll ask for money and, um, but they won't really do anything in the community to change things. At least in my community, my church doesn't really, my church I used to go to doesn't really do that. So I think it's this generation's Mexican culture, just realizing that, I mean, there's a lot of BS in that too, in that institution too, just like it would be in any institution. They just mm-hmm. They feel awakened and calls that I have, yes, there's a higher power, but I have that love and that higher power within myself because of my higher self. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it almost seems like it's going back to the roots of your ancestors too, because isn't Catholicism, wasn't that brought over from the European? So it's not even truly Mexican. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not to have a whole yeah. religion conversation, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 history. It's exactly what happened. It's not even part of who we really are. <laughs> yeah, even but, Spanish too. You even the yeah. whole language. Yeah, and it's so funny too because my my husband's Colombian, and just the Catholicism that is just so deep rooted in their culture. It's just so funny to think like this isn't even really yours, but they but it, it has become such an identifying factor of that culture, which is just fascinating to me. Exactly, and it's and you know it's fine to have your beliefs, but when. I feel that because I grew up Catholic, I just feel like they always pressured you, pushed things onto you. Uh, you had to do things you didn't really want to do. And I don't really like that. It didn't yeah. really suit me. I never understood that. The part that I did like was singing because I think mm. singing is a therapeutic healing. And I love yes. that. Open your throat chakra. Yeah. And there was, so that had some healing properties, but all in all, and then with the, um, you know, the cases about the priests molesting children. Uh-huh. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I'm done. I'm yeah. out of here. That's when I really just, I, I walked away because the truth came out. Mm-hmm. So tell me what it's like when, so I'm reading a book on intuition right now. And I just find it so mm-hmm. interesting talking about the different Claire gifts that we have. And you're guided by your ancestors, but what does that look like for you? Is it a feeling? Is it an inner knowing? Do you just get these downloads that are thoughts? Are they dreams? What does that look like? So for sure, it's dream work. I see things in my dreams and not that they happen, but they are not that I like, I, I see the future or anything, but as something is happening, I feel almost like a deja vu, like, oh, I've been here before. I've seen Mm. this before. Okay, what can I get from it? What is the importance of it? Um, 
it can be kind of hard because you feel like, oh my gosh, was this supposed to happen? Like, oh, is it divine timing? Like, no, 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 it could just be <laughs> like, you just needed to pay attention to this scenario. So um, dream work is definitely one of them where I get a lot of help from my ancestors. And I used to be more clairaudient. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. When I was younger, but I think I felt so scared from it. Like, ah, don't talk to me. I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I think I almost got rid of that <laughs> when I was younger, but now I'm starting to do divinations and almost tarot healing. And I, that's where I get it from them. And just things maybe just pop into my mind, like, Oh, mm-hmm. okay. That's what yeah. I got to pay attention to. Yep. That's how mine is. It's just these weird thoughts that just come out of nowhere. Then I have to write them down because then I'm like, what is that? What, what, what does that even mean? I have no idea. Right. It's just so random. <laughs> I like how you said that it's not like we're predicting the future. And sometimes it's so hard to determine what's symbolic versus what's literal, because most of the time it's symbolic, but then I'll get literal things because even the word enlightened was a literal download that just came into my brain. So there's, there are things that are just very concrete, but then there's some things like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> right. And do you ever, um, do you ever feel like you're picking up somebody else's energy? So you're oh, like, wait, yeah. is that even for me? Oh yeah, all the <laughs> time. I, I'm you? an empath. So it's just like, I, everything from all directions. Oh my gosh, so you get times. downloads of everybody's <laughs> energy too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it could, it could be overwhelming, but I, you just, at the end of the day, like you just know, you feel it in your heart and soul, what is meant for you and what's meant for someone else, I guess. Yeah. Do you do anything besides meditation to really help you tune in, but also protect your energy? So this is a practice that anyone can work on. So you can smudge sage and all that, or you can have an amulet. I have an amulet. I, it's a little totem that keeps me and my daughter protected. But a practice that I normally try to do is imagining a white light surrounding me this clear Mm -hmm. vibrant light just coming from my crown chakra reaching all over my body and just being so strong and vibrant that nothing can penetrate it and my energy is staying intact and I feel safe almost like a safe bubble so if you if you ever feel that you are picking up someone's energy or you just feel someone's trying to throw negative energy balls at you. You can just create create this huge white light surrounding you and you will be protected. It works every time. Have you found that now that you radiate so much white light that there's more negative energy that tries to stick to you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, like people get a feeding frenzy almost. I'm like, hey, but you know what? And then for you too, I mean, you would know as an empath that creating strong boundaries is what's going to keep you protected. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that you just uh, tend to attract the negativity and the narcissist. Cause it's like, Hey, come soak up everything I got. But oh my it, gosh. It's so, <laughs> so yeah, the 
I had to learn how to create boundaries the very hard way. Um, but now that I have them, I, and I do the similar thing where I feel I just, mine comes from my heart space of just projecting this white light and this radiating light. And when I feel like someone else needs it, try to send it to them too. And just being very aware of my energy because people can suck it very, you can know, kind of behind your back without you even realizing if you're not on top of it and have those boundaries set up. Exactly. And, uh, I wonder, do you ever feel too, where you just, you just want to be at home. You just want to be with your kid. You just want to not have to deal with that. So I think that's also a boundary too. Just, you know, I'm not going to deal with anybody's energy. Maybe I'll go for a walk. Maybe I'll go be in nature, but I want to just be by myself. Do you ever feel like that? Cause I feel like that's a good way too to block oh that out. Oh my God, girl, you're speaking <laughs> my language. So <laughs> where I live in New Jersey is I grew up in, uh, New York state in the finger lake. So you could go sit at the lake and not see anyone and you could take a walk and not see anyone. Now I try to go to target and it's just like, I almost get run over five times by people in their car and everyone's on their phone. And it's just like the stimulation and the energy is way too much. So um, I have to be very careful about where I go, when I go, because if you go, I do not go to stores in New Jersey on a weekend because I just, I can't handle the, uh, the no. chaos. <laughs> so I, and it's funny you say that because since I've been protecting my energy more, I've had to take a step back from family or engagements. I've taken a step back socially from people who tend to drain my energy and I might be called a homebody or a hobbit or just, you know, stay in my little safe <laughs> bubble a lot, but it makes me so much happier. It makes me so much more empowered. I have a much more strong alignment and connection to the universe. And it really is just my safe little space to create and go higher and go deeper. And, but it takes a really long time to get there because I don't think, I mean, you can, but overnight, it's really hard to say like, okay, I'm not doing any of this anymore. I'm immediately switching into this new version of me. So it takes a lot of figuring out like, what is it that's draining your energy? And for me, it took a really long time to figure that out. Yeah, uh, online shopping was made for us. <laughs> yes, Amazon Prime. Hello. Uh, it's funny too because I, where we live, we can get anything delivered. I mean, it. We live so close to New York City that online shopping and food delivery. So I really don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. But obviously, I try to get outside as much as I can. But with winter here, it's also hard. Yeah. Uh, I was watching a YouTube video. I can't remember the YouTuber's name, but she said we're, she had this almost this same conversation where she just didn't want to leave the house. So she would connect with her house plants, you know, and uh, would touch the soil and just talk yes. with them. And so that's another way for you to almost feel grounded if you don't want to leave your house. And if oh. it's the weather, it's weather can't let you go out either. <laughs> I absolutely do that. I have so many, I'm a crazy plant lady, just the craziest. <laughs> and so I have plants everywhere. And I definitely, when my daughter's napping, I talk to them, water them. And then I had a shaman healing session and she told me, she's like, you don't have to go outside. You just want, you need to evoke the vibe that these natural things have. So even just sitting at your in your kitchen next to a bowl of vegetables that came from the ground or a plant or and I 
I have a lot of driftwood too. She's like any of those things, as long as you're tapping into that vibe, that can be enough for your soul to feel grounded. Oh my goodness. Even driftwood and vegetables. That's awesome. (laughs) I'm never going to (laughs) leave. I know. That is so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And it's so funny when you just become, you're on a spiritual pathway because you just spend so much money on crystals and play. <laughs> uh, my business partner, Megan, and I, we always joke about how we need little chairs for our crystals. <laughs> that's so cute. Or just little hammocks. They all just need like little chairs. <laughs> Well, if you ever put those into production, I'll be buying one for sure. Okay. (laughs) Oh man. Or I just, this meme keeps popping up on Instagram for me where it's about doing laundry and it's like everyone else's pockets with coins. And then it's like my pockets where it's just a handful of crystals. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, that's definitely me. Do you have favorite crystals to work with to help you tap in and connect to your highest self? Yes. I feel most uh, connected to selenite. Mm. I feel it's so strong and just the vibe that comes off of it, like just like, uh, it's, it usually comes like in wand form. So it just yes. feels like almost like a sword, like of protection, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like a staff, like it feels like it just, you can tell it feels so strong and I like that because I like in your face healing like yes let's do it (laughs) I'm like I actually I use selenite on top of my so I put it on my altar and then I also like keep it close to uh, my divination cards that Mm -hmm. way that the energy is just always protected and safe from anything else I guess I love that I have way too much selenite in my house See, you know, it's, it's hardcore. This guy is I know. He's working. <laughs> I, know. I have a huge wand that I keep in my little meditation pyramid. And then I use it to like, basically as a magical wand to, to put magic into everything else. I really just want to be Harry Potter. That's my real problem. <laughs> we all do. We all want to go to Hogwarts. <laughs> That's true. You know, what's funny is that first, when I moved to New Jersey, that I grew up being a Potterhead and my sister, but the life I created in New Jersey, no one read Harry Potter, knows Harry Potter. I was like, what is the, who are you people? And now that I've created this enlightened community, like everyone loves Harry Potter. I'm like, okay, I finally found my people. Like, if you don't like Harry Potter, then I'm not sure if we can really connect because that, like, <laughs> Uh, no that's a good basis that's a good way of judging people now yeah it's like do you like dogs yes or no do you like harry potter do you like plants okay maybe then <laughs> we're on the right path okay this will work <laughs> those are my three screening questions yeah <laughs> do you we like pizza okay <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, well, anyway, I warned, I warned you that I was going to ask you this, but what is on your spiritual bucket list? Man. And when you asked me that, I was like, oh gosh, there's so many. I know, I know. <laughs> um, well, it's, I guess I should say this because I've never went on one, but I would love to go on a spiritual retreat. I've, I've looked into it and I'm kind of researching which best one or which ones would work best for me. Yes. And 
you know, and then I have to worry about who would watch the baby. And then, uh-huh. you know, I, my heart romanticizes because then there's, you know, retreats in Thailand and all oh, these yeah. beautiful places. So uh, I, I would like to start there just to ta- like meet other people and make good connections, network, I guess. So starting there is one of them, but also I've always wanted to meditate around the world right so i have a huge calling to egypt and unfortunately you're not allowed to touch the pyramids anymore but pyramids but i've always wanted to meditate on a pyramid so i might have to just go to mexico for that there you go (laughs) yeah i just feel a calling to triangles and egyptian culture and yeah yes unfortunately i'll have to do that in mexico right yeah so you're at a past life regression that connects you to Egypt at all? You know, I, it was an informal one. She kind of just told me what I already knew, but she didn't. She told me that I did have a connection to Egyptian culture, but I, it, there was nothing concrete. I, I want to, I want to push it further and really talk to someone who can tell me how exactly, mm-hmm. but I know for sure there's a huge, strong connection right there. Yeah, I have the same too. And it's always, I was always obsessed with mummies in Egyptian culture. And I literally have watched every single King Tut documentary that has ever been made on the face of this planet. And I just, (laughs) I have, yeah, every time I meditate too, I always see a pyramid and it just, I feel the same way. So I'm glad there's someone else out there who feels the same. Oh no, I... I remember in grade school, we had a field trip to go see King Tut's uh, body and, and his uh, sarcophagus. Sir, oh, how do you call him? Sarcophagus? There you go. Yeah, yeah. Like the word came out. <laughs> like, what? This is like where I'm meant to be. Like, everybody move aside. I'm running and I'm going in. Like, I was so excited to just because I felt like I was at home when I was in the exhibit. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I felt like I, this was almost part of my ancestry. It was just completely weird. I feel the same. And I was just thinking how much I don't feel drawn to death or bodies where their souls have left that has always made like, made my soul hurt a little bit. But then it's just so funny that I'm obsessed with mummies, which is, (laughs) so I don't know. It it has to be some just really deep, (laughs) deep calling to Egypt. Right. So you haven't done a regression either. I I did, haven't done a past life regression, but I did a cancel of light reading um, with actually a woman named Amy Sikarski, who was on the first episode of the second season of this podcast. And that's how we met because for my birthday, I gifted myself a council of light reading. And I actually asked her if, well, actually I didn't even ask her about Egypt. I asked her if my daughter and I had been together in any uh, previous lifetimes. And she told me we had a lifetime together as mother and daughter in Egypt. Wow. But she was my mom in that lifetime, which makes sense. Cause I always accidentally call her mom. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh well, I call her like mama because she's just like uh-huh. a little, a little mamacita, but you know, sometimes mom comes out. I'm like, that was weird. That was, that was weird. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay. I have to, after this podcast, I will start researching who can give me a past life regression. That's amazing. Yes. Yes, I know a few. I'll send them to you. 
oh, please, wow. Yes, absolutely. So I guess we'll add that to the bucket list. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. Honestly, you, you, I just have to let you know that you, what you're doing is helping out so many people. Your light has shined so bright. It's even reached to this coast. Okay. (laughs) Just keep going and keep doing it. You're helping so many parents and maybe sometimes you don't always feel that, but just know that you are making a huge impact. You just need to know that right now. Thank you. So that thank makes you. my heart so full. Thank you. So, keep going. Keep doing it, girl. <laughs> I will. I'm showing up every day, doing it. Um, but as you know, I like to end this podcast with wise words for anyone listening who needs that extra push to step into their highest selves and become the best them that they can be. So what are your wise words to end on? There's no greater task in this life than to simply be simply be yourself simply love yourself there is no huge amount of money you need to obtain or life lessons you need to learn or there's nothing more important than for you to just love yourself and accept that you are living you are breathing and you deserve it Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas. Thank you.